What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Scratch Agency Podcast, hosted by Scratch Agents for Scratch Agents. My name is Stephen Turmel, founder of T5 Insurance Services in Clinton, New York, and I'm joined by my co-host today. You already know, hold your applause, the one and only Mr. Sean Fitzgerald, founder of LAF Advisors in Long Island, New York. Sean, what's going on, sir? Ooh, what's going on, Stephen? Yeah, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. I'm, uh, I made a big move in my agency where I now am passing all the personal line stuff um, to my producer, uh, Ryan, um, mm. and he's, he's knocking it on the park. So I just drew a line in the sand and said, moving forward, I am not touching any personal lines account. Mm. I will not touch it. Even if it comes from a referral partner, a, a big customer referral, I just have to send the message. This is what the process is going to be moving forward. And I'm going to focus more on the, you know, larger commercial stuff. Um, and you know, a lot, I have a lot of renewals coming in and stuff. So I'm trying to really focus on that. Um, so yeah, that's a big thing I got going on right now. How about you? What's, what's one thing you learned about yourself through that process so far? That it ain't easy to let go. Mm. <laughs> that's for sure. I don't, yep. I don't know why it's so hard, but my God, I found myself 20 times already being like, oh, no, I'll just take this. And then I had to stop myself and be like, no, no, you said you were going to send it to Ryan. Just send it to Ryan. Um, so it's this weird thing, I think, because I was a producer for so long. It's just like ingrained in me when it comes in. I just got to work on it. I just yep. got to work on it and deal with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it is actually a lot harder than I thought. But um, yeah, I just have to constantly remind myself if it comes through, just push it to him, you know? Mm, absolutely. Well, let's get right into our guest today. We're super excited to have back a second time guest on the show, Mr. Donald Champagne from Michigan Insurance Group. Don, how are you today, sir? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. It's a good day. Well, we are glad to have you back. And just to preface this, folks, we're going to get right into what we want to talk about. If you want to learn more about Don and his story and insurance and the agency, go back to episode number 36, where we dove real deep into that. Uh, But today we want to talk about some cool stuff he's going on around want better, be better. And if you're connected with him online, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I joked him before we started recording that I think I might have it tattooed on me before he does. So uh, <laughs> we want to talk about that because, you know, Don, what I really want to talk about is the want better, be better. It's so me- like, you know, being mentally focused. And, and, and I think there's a lot of people that just don't want to talk about that. And when starting a scratch agency, it's hard. And we talk about that a lot. We did a specific episode that just was called It's Hard. But one of the things is, especially if you're starting by yourself and it's just you, how to continue to push yourself forward, continue to have those reminders. And I think with with the movement, I'll call it, uh, that you're doing of Want Better, Be Better is exactly that. So let's dive into that. Again, I appreciate you jumping back on with us and taking the time to join us. Absolutely. I love sharing time with you guys. Uh, You know, we're, we're, we're fortunate enough to be able to talk off the air as well and and just kind of check in and see how things are going. And I think that's part of that whole mentality of want better, be better. Sure. Uh, there's a, a, a connectivity that's created in our industry that's been uh, beneficial to probably so many that they don't really recognize how valuable it is until they start to move away from it and recognize that the uh, the void that it creates by not being in the industry is pretty huge because you connect with people all over the United States. I mean, if I wasn't fully engaged in the industry, I, there's no reason for me to know either of you. No, no. You know, it's not like we're going to run into each other. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. So, Don, tell, tell us a little bit about Want Better, Be Better. How did that all start? You know, so. What made you do it? What it's you interesting from it? because the Want Better, Be Better is something I've said to people for years. It's something that, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of cliche, obviously, and, and, and 
to to some degree some degree it's simple but really for me it's we spend a lot of time talking about how we want to improve our lives and the things that we want out of life the you know i, I want a nicer car i want a better job i want you know a boat i want to take vacations um you know i want to I strengthen my relationship with my family i want a you know stronger uh, uh, connection to my religion you know all these different things that we talk about yet we're not ready to do things differently. We're not ready to accept that we're responsible to make those things happen. And so in order for you to be better at these things, um, you really, you have to want them and then you have to do the work to be better. You can't just say, well, I really want this and then I hope it's going to happen. You know, life's not a lottery. It doesn't work that way. It's all about the effort. And, you know, Stephen, you talked about the mindset. It's so important. You, as soon as you recognize that one, as we age, because as children, there's a lot of responsibility that can be passed on to other people for things that happen to us. But as we age, we no longer have the benefit of passing that responsibility to others. Mm-hmm. It's not your parents' fault. It's not your, your your friend's fault. It's not your neighbor's fault. It's not the rest of your family. It's, it's your fault. You have to accept responsibility for every success and every failure you have in, in life. And you can give credit to others for your successes because I think that's part of being successful is recognize you didn't get there alone. But yeah. ultimately, you still have to say, but I put in the effort. I put, I was willing to get up early. I was willing to stay late. I was really w- willing to invest time and energy into something that was going to improve my life. And not everyone will do that. They might do it for a minute, but as soon as it gets uncomfortable, we seek safety and comfort. And that's not where success forms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, have you ever heard the Navy SEAL credo? It goes, there are two kinds of pain in the world, the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. You only get to choose one. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, isn't that, I mean, I that's, that. that simplifies the entire concept yeah. because pain is, is a, is a natural process. When you guys talk about the, you know, the industry is hard. We are yeah. meant to do hard things and there is no real value and you don't feel really sick, any sense of accomplishment. If you do something easy, it comes right. from doing the hard things, but yeah. man, are we so afraid of it? You know, it triggers that fight or flight response in our, in our brain to say, this is hard. It's uncomfortable. I shouldn't be doing it. And our brain doesn't recognize the difference between something that cold calling is scary or I'm going to be eaten by a, you know, a lion. It's the same spot response in our brain. It says, you should be afraid of this. Don't do it. Yeah. Well, you know that <laughs> it's so funny. I wanted to tie this in with, with the cold calling. And one of the reasons why I'm doing it, you talked about, you know, mental toughness, Don, right. And, you know, one of the things I started doing a couple months ago was the ice baths, right? I didn't need to be in an ice bath. It doesn't, I mean, it's cool. I heard it has some good benefits, but let me tell you the first time I did it, I, when I was filling that thing up with water and putting ice into it, I had a million excuses coming up in my head why I should not get in this thing. Ah, uh, why am I doing it? It's, it's too cold. I don't need to do this now. Wait till it's a little warmer out. Ah, uh, you know, just why am I doing this? There's no need to do it, right? Your, your brain is just coming up with excuse after excuse after excuse. And then guess what? When you get in and you do it and you get out, you feel like a great sense of accomplishment, right? But it's such mental warfare just getting into that freaking ice bath, <laughs> you, you know? You know, I, I, I love that you same way. that up because I did that. Um, so as you both know, and I've talked about it before, I'm a voracious reader. Uh, my goal is to get through at least three books a month. And I've been doing that consistently now, probably going on 10 years. Love um that. 
It's incredible. And, and, and that's, that's the goal. So it's, it's probably more if I actually do the math, but I, I stopped counting because it wasn't about like, hey, look at how many books I've read. It was, I want to continue to improve myself yeah. and see more things and understand more things and experience more things. And part of that is your commitment to an, an education and, and yes. ex expanded learning. Um, so I read the book, The Comfort Crisis um, by, I, I want to say it was Michael Easter. And then that drove me to read a book called What Doesn't Kill Us. Then I read The Wim Hof Method. And then I read The Wedge. And all these will touch upon doing things that are hard or difficult um, and, and, and making your life uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And one of those was the ice bath. And so I started doing the ice cold showers. And I'm going to tell you, a cold shower in summer in Michigan is so much different than a cold shower in winter in Michigan. <laughs> it just hits differently. I'm sure. But, you know, in the, the first time you do it, you want to sque squeal like a little girl and jump out of the shower. It's like, okay, this oh, is not yeah. good. But it's like, yep. no, come on, man up, do this. You can do this. This is something it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be tough. And the health benefits are so important. They are. To, yeah. to do it for other than the health benefits, just to challenge yourself to say, you know what? I'm going to do this because I know it's hard. I'm going to hop in that ice bath. I'm going to do it because I know I can. And every time you do one of those things, you can add to the successes of life and say, if I can do this, I can do that. If I can do this, I can do that. You can do hard things, but you just got to take advantage of the opportunities that you've created and jump in that ice bath, which yeah. is not fun. No, it's not. And honestly, listen, cold calling isn't as bad as an ice bath, but cold calling it feels is like it sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> no, but that, that it is like mental warfare. Like I, right yes. before I pick up the phone, even to this day, I go to dial and I'm like, uh, do I really need to do this right now? <laughs> you know? Someone's probably going to tell me to F off or whatever the case is. But um, <laughs> once you get done with it, you're like, I, I text Steven sometimes when I'm done. I'm like, oh, I booked two today. Let's go. You know, just to kind of just to kind of, you know, make myself feel a little bit better for doing it. <laughs> well, you know, and it's it's great because, you know, I've seen that you're, you're intentional about it. So it's like I have a, a goal that I'm going to do this every single day yeah. and that you've made yourself accountable because you're posting about it saying, all right, I said I'm going to do these things and here I am doing them. You know, and, and I think that's part of your success. I do caution people sometimes when they decide they're going to do some hard things and they start posting about it and talking about it too much in the beginning. You get this rush of adrenaline and like a sense <laughs> yeah, of feeling yeah. of accomplishment without doing it. Yeah. That it kind of stops you from actually doing it. So it's like yeah. sometimes we just have to be about it, and not talk about it. So so boiling this down, Don, what does want better be better mean to you? I think that. It's something that we can use in every aspect of our life. If you want to have a better relationship with your spouse, you need to be a better spouse. If you want to have a better relationship with your children, you have to be a better parent. If you want to have a better in agency in the industry, you need to be a better agent. You need to be a better, better business owner. If you want to have better health, you need to be uh, conscientious and intentional about exercising, eating right, and et cetera. It's all about accountability and it's all about you. It's all your mindset. There's no one else that's going to hold you accountable. There's no one else that's going to make you do these things. And honestly, very few people are going to applaud you as you go along the way. If you're doing it for the accolades of others, you're going to fail. This is all about, you know, Stephen and Stephen, like looking in a mirror going, all right, come on, let's get this done. And, you know, Sean, when you're like, all right, I got to get this done. Who are you going to hold yourself accountable? It's not going to be your family, your friends, your, your, even your colleagues. It's you. And if, and if you feel like you have to be held accountable by other people, 
we also start to give ourselves a little bit of a pass. If your goal is to hit 10 cold calls and you're like, oh, I got to tell them when I did my 10 and you really did eight and you tell them when I did my 10, it gives you a false sense of, of success, but it actually starts to erode on, on your, on your, um, on your confidence because you actually are saying, I really wasn't good enough. Instead of owning, like I did eight and saying, yep. I, I wanted 10, I did eight. That's great. I did 10. I only did eight. Now it's like, well, now I'm bragging about something I didn't do. So I really don't feel good enough about myself. And that's part of the reason why I don't promote telling everyone about what you're doing all the time. Just do it for you. Because yeah. That's who's going to be benefiting directly from it. No one else, really. I already did one of those videos. I missed the 25. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but that yeah, shows that you're actually it. saying that you didn't do it, right? Yeah. I mean, that, you, yeah. that you didn't make it. If you own it, it's okay because we're, we're going to fail. We're so yeah. afraid of failure. I think I told you guys this story once. I don't know if we did it in the podcast or not. I, the very first time I attempted a marathon, I failed. Um, I had not given myself enough time to train. I did about seven weeks of training prior to a marathon. Anyone who was on a marathon will tell you that's stupid. I never said I was bright. I said I was going to try it. So <laughs> seven, I gave myself seven weeks to train. And about three weeks in, I tweaked my knee after after a 16 minute or 16 mile run that I'd never tr accomplished before. That's probably the first I'd ever run before that. And so I'm like, all right, so now I'm I'm limping on a, a bad knee, going to PT for um, uh, some treatment to see if I can still do this this run. And I just had to rest. So I didn't really get a lot of training. I get to this marathon, and I'm going to run it anyway. It was a downhill marathon. I started at 7,000 uh, feet ran down to 2000 feet. I was started in snow and ended up in the desert. It was probably one of the harder marathons. I thought downhill, this is going to be easy. It's all downhill from here. It was brutal. Running downhill is hard. I don't know why I thought it was going to be easy because I'm not <laughs> smart. We already talked about that. So I kind of assumed this is going to be an easier marathon and it wasn't. And I got to about 22 miles and my wife had already finished. She's a lot faster than me. I'm, she's a runner. I'm a chaser. So keep that in mind. So <laughs> she finished and I'm at 22 miles and she's like, where are you? And I said, 22. She's like, how you feel? I said, I'm, I'm good, but I'm limping. I'm just basically, you know, walking fast at this point. And so she's like, well, what do you want to do? I said, well, you can wait for me. It's I'm doing about a 14 minute mile, four miles left. It's going to be take me about an hour to finish, or you can come pick me up right now. We can go get a drink. And she's like, I'll come get you right now. So I left. <laughs> I quit. I did not finish. And I tell that story and everyone's always like, you know, when I say I failed in my first marathon, they're like, no, you didn't really fail. You ran 22 miles. That's hard. You were hurt. You were, I didn't finish the marathon. It's okay. I learned from that. The next time I, I ran a marathon, I trained better. I, I, I uh, ate better. I, I, I did everything differently because I learned from that failure, but I had to own the failure and that's okay. And I, I tell people like, it's okay to, to fail, but recognize that you failed and why. And, yeah. and when someone's saying, it's okay, you did great. It's like, well, yeah, but if I did basically about 80% of the marathon, if you hired me to paint your fence and I did 80% of your painting, painted 80% of your fence, would you be okay with it? You'd be like, oh, but you did great. You got 80% of it done. And you'd be like, what's going on? Finish my fence. So yeah. we fail. It's okay. Recognize, own the failure, learn mm -hmm. from there. And I think that's part of that whole mentality of want better, be better too, is learning to own where you are so you can grow from that point. So I want to put myself in the hot seat here for a minute and something that I recently, <laughs> recently changed in myself um, th that I think is interesting. I want to get your take on it. And that's just creating the discipline of this is what I'm doing. This is what my day looks like. These, these are three things I must do before I turn my computer on or whatever it is. And, the, and for me, that's going to the gym. So 
I go to the gym at 5 a.m. I go to a CrossFit place here where it's a group class and gets my day off great. I wake up at 4.15. I get to the gym at 5. I can get to the office, showered, and ready to go by 6.30. And if I do that, if I do that, my day is so much more productive. Hence, I was telling Sean today, my, my day has been so unproductive. Why? I didn't go to the gym this morning. But my point is from the discipline I don't know what it was in some book I was reading and I, I can't remember it, but just instead of saying, Oh, I could go to the gym in the morning, the mind shift changed to, I go to the gym in the morning at 5am yes. and then yes. I go to work, not the gym's there. But like Sean says, when he's getting in the ice bath, there's a million excuses. I don't, I had a big meal last night. I don't feel good or I have a headache or whatever. I'm not, no, I go to the gym in the morning at 5am. That's how my day starts. And just that, that tweak, like to you said of Steven looking in the mirror to Steven, that's what you do. It doesn't matter if you have a headache. It doesn't matter if you don't feel well. You're going to the gym at 5 a.m. because that's what the start of your day looks like. And just yeah. that, that little difference for me has, has, has changed everything just from the outlook of like, this is what I'm doing in order to keep my day going along on track. Yeah, I think, I think starting for me anyway, I know some people are morning people, but for me, I feel like checking off that difficult box first thing in the morning just sets you up for such a good day. Like I wrote down these three things that for me, this is what it does by accomplishing a workout, increased energy, confidence, and momentum. Like those three things you get a morning workout in, it's just going to set you up right for the rest of the day. And Don, I know you, you're, you're a morning guy too, right? Well, you know, what's funny is I'm not a morning guy. I hate the mornings. I, my ideal day would probably be wake up eight ish to nine ish yeah. <laughs> roll into work you know 10 ish to 11 and then yeah. work till two in the morning that would be perfect for me because mm. i can work all night i got I you. forced myself to be a morning person because i recognize just as steven said that it starts my day right i get yes. my workout done and in order to be successful at work i have to be engaged early enough to be beneficial to you know the rest of my team and so i force myself to do it early and i'll tell you i have never regretted a workout I have never regretted getting up early and getting it done. And so the value of getting up and forcing yourself to do something that is uncomfortable and, and something that you don't like is so important because we're going to be faced with hard things throughout our day. And we can do hard things, but we have to be willing to do hard things. And when you do hard things that are a choice and allow yourself to find some success, it's going to be a lot easier to deal with the hard things that you're forced to deal with later. And those things yeah. aren't things we can control. It might be a client issue, a, a family issue, a, you know, um, uh, work or a personal issue. It doesn't matter, but they're going to be challenged to you mental, physically, whatever. And you've already accomplished some hard things. So you, so you can do it well. And, and as Steven's talking about is you're building that habit, you're building a, yeah. a, a process that you're going to live by every single day. And you have to remember bad habits form over time without our permission. We never decided we're going to do things wrong and, 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 and have bad behaviors on a regular repetitive basis. They just one day started and then built. And then all of a sudden you recognize like, wow, this is a bad habit. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Any good habit that you offset is a conscious decision that you have to do on a repetitive basis to make it part of your routine. Yep. It's different. And, and it's so crazy because you think of it, it's like, well, why can't I just form bad habits? A good habits the way I form bad habits. They'll never work that way because, you know, we're going to default to the easiest path of least resistance. And quite often that path is unhealthy behaviors or unhealthy eating habits or unhealthy choices, et cetera. No, it's, it's all about making hard, tough choices, choices that are beneficial to you. 
And that takes more effort than the default position of a bad habit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that too. I think with working out too, and re- reading too, actually, like, I feel like it helps keep you, it helps keep you focused. Right. I mean, I feel like nowadays we're in such a, there's so many distractions, you know, social media, you got to look into podcasts, news, whatever, like you said, client problems, dealing with the business, family. It's just like when you're reading or you're just getting a hard workout in, there's, you're just in the zone, you know, yeah. and there's not many opportunities you get to have to be in that zone. So I think those two things are just great for anybody. I, I honestly, I think. Well, and I, and I want to, I want to just, just say this too, like, it doesn't mean you like someone listening to this that's trying to figure out what that is. What's that like for me? It's it's the go to the gym in the morning. Yeah. I know Sean's got to read the ten pages in the morning. Like it doesn't need to be working out in the morning. Like find what it is for you that's going yes. to make it work right. And it's through the trials and tribulations that like oh wow this was a really good day and I attribute that to what and like that may be your you know that yeah. you know that may be what you need to do and what, and it's going to, you know, you got to go through it. Like I found the three things for me is the gym, being able to come right from the gym to the office, do my daily planner and read 10 pages. If I can do that before seven ish, there is not one thing that's going to stop me throughout the day. Like, that's just, that's the way it, like, that is the way that, that has got it set up. So I would just say like, find those things and look back and like audit your audit your really good days and take the little pieces from that and say like how can i make this to don's point a habit yeah yeah so you know it's 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 crazy I, so i did a training and and i and i do this training um wherever possible it's called 15 minutes to a better life and basically it breaks down the things that you need to accomplish on a daily basis into small bits of time so as you talk about reading 10 pages that's probably roughly 15 minutes of reading you know give or take I'm well, slow ultimately, it, it depends. Like I'm a slower, like I got the line and yeah. to do this. So it might be a little bit less, but you know, for some of us, that's fine. But ultimately, if you, if you devote 15 minutes every single day to something you're trying to accomplish, you'll have 90 hours of effort put in at the end of the year. So if it's, I'm going to educate myself a little bit more about the industry. You have 90 hours of education that you did wouldn't have, wouldn't have had, had you not mm. taken that approach. Mm. If you want to get better at podcasts or um, you know, posting on Instagram or Facebook or marketing or whatever. If you spend 15 minutes every single day dedicated, say, I'm going to learn a little bit each day. It's 90 hours. That's a huge commitment. You don't have to go run a marathon to be healthier. If you say, I'm going to take 15 minutes out every day and just go for a walk. Okay. The hope the hope is at some point in time, that 15 minutes is something that you become passionate about, but turns into 20 or maybe 30 and you get more out of it. But you can commit to anything you want to try. You can commit 15 minutes. You have 15 minutes. I don't care how busy you are. You have 15 minutes in order to improve your life. And if you take that mindset and start throwing that into your daily routine, you're going to start building upon that in other ways. Like, you know, it, it might tell, I'm going to give 15 minutes to, to walk every single day because I'm not exercising enough. And you know what? I'm going to bring a water with me and make sure I drink some water because that's going to be healthier for me. And, and maybe before I take my walk, I'll, I'll hit those vitamins I'm supposed to be taking. And there's other ways to compound on the value of of committing to that 15 minutes on a daily basis that will help you build other habits and, and, and um, daily routines that are be long-term beneficial for you. Mm. You know, Don, I'm going to pivot this conversation a little bit. You know what I, the, the number one thing that I love about what you're doing with want better, be better is, is that you never know who needs to hear the message that you're saying at that given time. Amen. You never know who, and, and I've texted you I, multiple times over this and said, 
thank you for what you put out today. I need to hear that, right? I mean, you you don't know who needs who's going through what or who needs to hear it at that exact time that they pull up Facebook and see your message and they click it. And one of the things that I say about that is, you know, there's a lot of buzz of, oh, an, another podcast or another person putting motivational stuff out there like that. You know, there's enough of them. There's enough of this bullshit. That's what I have to say about that, because you don't everybody has their own story. Right. Oh, yeah. and everybody is speaking their own language and, and and something that Sean says to you, I may not be able to relate with, but I can say something to Sean that you can totally relate with and clicks a light ball in your head that you need to do this. You need, to, you know, X, Y and Z, whatever it might be. So, you know, what has been in the short time of you doing this, some of the feedback you've gotten around that of just, um, you know, are there any cool stories yet to this point that you've heard feedback from with what you're doing? Because I know you've been super consistent, which has been key for everything, but uh, it's been it's been really cool to watch. So, so I'm going to hit on two things. First, I'll talk about the consistency. One of the reasons I decided I was going to do this is I wanted to att attack another hard thing. And I recognized that this would be a challenge to do this on a regular basis. And I was trying to figure out the format, what, what I was going to do, what I was going to say. I didn't have it figured out ahead of time. I just started speaking. I also wanted to get past the fact that sometimes we don't speak perfectly. And I had this idea that I needed to cut and paste and build mm. a perfect video. And I was like, I decided, nope, I'm just going to shoot and you're going to get what you get. And yep. sometimes it probably sounds rather planned. And other times you can see that I'm stumbling along, but it doesn't matter because it was real. And that was the whole point. I wanted to see where I could go with it. I love what that. I didn't expect is I didn't expect people like yourself to reach out and say, Hey, I needed to hear that today. And I've heard that a lot. I was shocked at how many times that people would either message me directly, call me, or hit me on a different social media platform and say, this resonated with me for a reason, or, hey, it was great to hear, or I love what you're doing. But sometimes it's deeper. Like, I was really struggling with, and then a fairly decent-sized narrative of what's going on in their life and why what I had to say related. And I was like, wow, that's that, that meant a lot to me. Like, it was really cool to hear. But it also reminded me that our words matter, and it's made me be more cautious with my words outside of that framework. Mm. Because if they matter when people are hearing it from my positive two minutes that I might do in the morning, and it affects them in such a way, then the negative things or the negative energy I'm throwing out later on, maybe because I'm frustrated myself or going through some struggle, will have the same ripple effect. And so I have to be cautious with how I use my words, how I interact with everyone. And that's been more challenging than actually yeah. putting out the video every day is making sure that I measure how I communicate with the people that I care about and the people that are around me, because we can get default to a negative position at times when we're frustrated or we've had a long day, we're tired or aggravated, whatever. And that's not who I want to be. But I think we all are that at some point in time. And it's made me pay attention to it a lot more. Yeah. So here's, here's a question. What, what is your thoughts on the balance of, you know, there's three of us on the screen right now, either currently or at some point or always are doing hard shit, right? We talk about that all the time. Oh yeah. What is your thought on the balance of continuing to just continue doing on, but then also appreciating where you are and where you've come from where you're at? You know, I think there's such a, a, a balance of getting comfortable 
and I don't think getting comfortable is what I'm looking for, but maybe just being so hard on yourself that you can't stop and see six months ago, six days ago, six weeks ago, this is where I was. And now I'm here, you know, versus being down on yourself because you didn't get the 25 calls yesterday. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, I think we spend a lot of time counting our losses. We spend a lot of time focusing on our failures. And if we spent more time relishing in our wins and, um, you know, maybe talking about and celebrating our successes, we recognize that the hard things we're doing allow for those moments of, of a feeling of accomplishment. Like you, you've, you've reached something and it should empower you to reach the next thing. It's if you're climbing a mountain and you hit a certain benchmark, you celebrate because you got there, but then you say, all right, and then where are we going next? And I, so I think that there's moments that you need to celebrate and you need to recognize I'm doing things and I should feel good about them. And sometimes, you know, we, we don't know how to like pat ourselves on the back saying, Hey, you did a good job. And maybe you need to actually say that you go look in the mirror and say, you know, you're good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. That was Stuart Smalley. I don't know if you guys remember that side of that live, but, but at some point, maybe you need to say that, like, you're doing a great job. And sometimes saying that is enough to recognize, like, this is worth it. Because, yeah, you want to, you, you do want to relax a little bit and rest when you get to that moment. But you want to regroup and then say, where am I going from here? Because success is ongoing. And we all measure success differently. You know, success might be for someone 40, you know, retiring at 40. And success for someone else might be working till they're 80. You know, we don't get to decide whether people's success are, but you are always working towards something. Because if you're not working towards something, you're falling behind to some degree. And our bodies are starting to slowly fall apart. Our minds are slowly starting to fall apart. The only way to keep them sharp and, sh and in shape is to work them on a regular basis. So physically and mentally, we need to be engaged at something to ensure that we stay relevant in the careers that we've chosen and stay healthy mentally and physically. Yeah. Don, you know what's great about having you know your workout scheduled or you know making the time to read i feel like it makes you it makes you so much more intentional with your time you know what i mean like for oh, me yeah. it was having kid for me it was kids i had two kids and my god i had to, now i i tell steven he's like you know steven calls me and i'll text him and be like hey let's hop on a call at 115 you know i have 115 or 310 you know <laughs> it's like just being a lot more intentional with your time and having to block stuff out on the calendar and it really just forces you to be more organized, honestly. Um, oh, yeah. And whether oh, you yeah. have kids or not, if you decide to work out more or plan on what you're going to eat throughout the day, or if you want to add in reading, or you want to cold call more, generally, you're just going to have to schedule time for it and try to stick to it as best as you can. I mean, would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I love that. In, in fact, you know, I tell business owners all the time, like if they're trying to accomplish something, they need to build it into their schedule and they yeah. should put it on their calendar. So like cold calling would be a perfect example. It should be on your calendar, whatever days you're doing it. If it's every day, it should be, yeah. you know, and consistent in your time when you're going to do these things. Um, I'm also a taskless person. I actually have on my uh, phone, it's called Habit List. It's a it's a app that I, I downloaded and basically it has a checklist of all the things I need to accomplish in the day that are part of my routines. It includes my ice plunge. It includes my water intake. Um, I've been trying to learn Spanish, so I do a Spanish lesson every single day. It has my, like my workout, my run, my bike ride, my, and it's all on there, and I check them off. And there's some days I'm going to skip them, 
Um, you skip them one, you know, if you, if you do it that day, it's green. If you, if, if you don't do it, it turns yellow. And if you miss another day, it turns red. And so you're like, I got to get rid of these red marks off my list. But it's, yeah. it's, I'm intentional at, at making sure that I recognize these are things I need to accomplish so I don't forget. And I'm in a, a streak right now. I have run 363 days in a row. I have been intentional. I wanted to try and run for one year solid. At least one mile was the, the benchmark I, or because I needed to make sure that I gave myself um, some flexibility in case I got injured or sick. Um, but I've averaged just shy of three miles a day for almost a year. I hate running. And I was able to do that. That was hard for me. And that's another example of like I chose something that was going to be incredibly challenging for myself and said I'm going to accomplish it. I'm two days away from accomplishing it. My last day, my last run will fall on my birthday and I will not run again for a period of time. I will find something else. I'm going to take a break from it. But I wanted to see if I could do it. But part of it was I needed to make sure I had that checklist and it tells me what my streak is. So I look at it and say, okay, today was 363. Boom, done with my run. And I got it. I got it taken care of. And I built in time for it on a regular basis because, as you said, kids take up time. And, you know, it's like, didn't you eat yesterday? You want to eat again today? So we got to figure that out. Uh, so they're taking up your time. So if you don't build in time purposely in the early morning, late at night or whatever, it becomes more and more challenging to find time to do it. And it doesn't matter if your kids are young or old. They take time in different types of blocks. You're going to have to dedicate time to them as well as ded dedicate time to yourself. So you have to choose when you're going to do that. Only way to do it is schedule, be intentional, and then make yourself accountable. My accountability is my little checklist on my phone. Yep. I love that. I love that. I think, too, though, one of the books I just read, There's No Plan B for Your A Game, it talks about eliminating distractions. And my God, that was a big, that was a big thing for me, too. You know, like I thought I, I thought I was super busy, and I was, but I realized I had a few distractions on there I could, I could take out, you know? Maybe I was listening to too many different podcasts, you know, between, <laughs> yeah. between the 70 different insurance ones there are out there. You know, I found myself listening to six of them, you know, to try and I thought it was kind of a good thing. I'm trying to keep up with the industry and whatnot. But I'm like, man, I'll, some of it's distracting. Maybe I can get away with just listening to one a day, you know, <laughs> you know um, so I, something like that or social media. I think that's interesting. You talk just about that yeah. because in the beginning, we look at podcasts in the, in the industry to help us gain knowledge and understanding yep. of what we need to do to be successful. And at some point in time, it starts to transition to, I'm now comparing myself to these other people on the podcast. Yep. And yep. I don't know that that one's a healthy one because we're all at different stages of this game. And comparison is, is really, really frustrating because then you, when you walk away from those comparisons and, and, and feel like defeated, when you were doing great a moment ago, now you listen to a podcast and all of a sudden you feel like I should be further along. Yeah. So I love that you've started to pull back from some of those because I think that there's value in the communications that you can have, especially if they're allowing people to tell their story. And that's why I love you guys allow people to tell their story, which is huge. Because other than that, then it's always, what's the shiny new toy out there? Should I go get this? And then you start measuring your whole agency against mm. what that might be. Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, I don't know if that's where I really want and you were doing fine a minute ago, and next thing you know, you need this new shiny new yep. toy, and it's like you didn't need it a minute ago. Don't need it now. So yeah, yep. you know, you got to got to dial it in a little bit because distractions are huge, big time. So Don, someone that's listening to this right now that's that's bought in, and maybe maybe they want better, but they have a hard time being better. 
I I I, I want to get in that ice bath. That sounds great. All these people are doing it. I I can't do it. I want to work out five days a week. I only work out three days a week. What what do you think can push them over that hump? In what in whatever it might be, whatever they're looking to focus on, whatever they're looking to improve in their lives. All those excuses that come into Sean's mind before he's going to get into the ice bath or all the excuses of why you don't have time to do something for 15 minutes because you have such a busy day. You know, what, what do you say to that person listening? So, so there's a variety of things that, that I would say about that. One is I have a firm belief that you have about five to 10 seconds to convince yourself to do something before you'll talk yourself out of it. So one is once you've decided, take action. You know, to me, it's um, feet on the floor in the morning. Like when I wake up, I try and hit, hit my water and take a big, big uh, swig of it, um, big gulp, and, you know, just to start getting your body moving and then get my feet on the floor. And if I can get my feet on the floor, I know I'm incentivized enough to to uh, get up and start moving. And there's a lot of things you can do. Like in order to start building these habits, you have to start changing behaviors. So, for example, if, if your struggle is getting ready in the morning, then, you know, put, take all the workout clothes that you need and put them next to the bed. You know, and, and so then it's that much easier because your excuse might be, oh, I don't want to get up or I don't want to start wrestling on the dresser and wake up my spouse or the kids or whatever. It's like so you'll yeah. give yourself a reason like, nope, got them already. If your, your, your goal is to drink more water, then you have to have water in front of you on a regular basis. And, and then the other piece is stop feeling bad when you failed at it. I didn't get up for a workout. Who cares that you didn't today? Do it tomorrow. But do it tomorrow. Don't just give yourself another pass because once you start stringing together a lot of passes, then you just fall out of that behavior. Hold yourself accountable, but don't live and die by every failure that you have because you're going to have moments where you're going to pass it up. You're, if you're supposed to drink, I don't know, two liters of water a day and you only got a liter down, your your life isn't over. Just mm -hmm. And don't try and drink three tomorrow. Just Go back to drinking those two and you'll be okay. Like it's, it's all right to live through this process and learn through the process and recognize that you're not going to fix everything all at once, but it's baby steps. And the other thing, Stephen, is when you're trying to figure out how to make yourself, your, how to be better in your life, don't try and take on, like if you've never run a day in your life, don't train for a marathon. Right. Just get up every day and walk. Like it's, it, it doesn't have to be this big change. And the, the larger the change, the less likely you'll be able to maintain it. Mm. And I know people do that all the time. It's like, I'm just going to change in my whole life. It's like, and then they fall back into a routine. And that's okay. That's normal. But if they would have made a minor change over time, they'll be in a completely different direction. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, two things, and then we'll, we'll look to wrap this up. One is when I became a morning person, uh, which was maybe about five years ago, I realized the big thing for me, you talk about feet on the ground, is I, my phone, which has my alarm, is on the other side of the bedroom. So I have to get up to walk over. Oh, yeah. And if I don't, if I, if I go back to bed, I'm convincing myself otherwise the whole way, the whole walk back to the bed, right? I mean, so like that's, you know, the little things that you can change. Uh, but I'll add, if I can answer my own question, I guess, and just add on another point to yours, Don, there sure. is. Find the circle and tell the circle what you're looking to do and tell the circle in Sean's yeah. point, post it on social media that I'm, I'm doing this and I'm making 25 calls a day and every day you're going to see me post this, you know, for myself and I'll put myself again in the hot seat four years ago and 30 pounds ago, I walked into the local CrossFit gym to quote their insurance and walked out with a membership. 
and it was the circle. It was the owner, and it was the circle of friends that I made at that gym that have helped me achieve losing 30 pounds, that have helped me achieve being a better husband, that have helped me achieve being a better business owner, have helped me achieve all of these things because I found the right circle. You know, we talk a lot in this podcast with the relationship that Sean and I have built over the last year. And, and you know, who would know what my life would look like if I was trying to do this whole scratching thing without Sean? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and find the circle to say, this is what I'm trying to do. I need your help and be very vulnerable in what you're looking to do. And I need your help to hold me accountable because we talk, we talked a lot in this episode about talking to yourself, but don't underestimate the ability to have a team helping you achieve that goal as well. Right. Oh yeah. 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 That's it. You guys are doing great things for the industry just by having these communications because people get to live through your process and recognize that one, they're not alone in trying to start something from nothing, which is darn near impossible in many ways, but here you are doing it. And then communicating both the success and the failure. So it allows people to recognize that it's not always going to go well, but we can do hard things. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Dan, we're going to look to wrap this up. I, I can't thank you enough for, again, taking the time. You've been uh, Thanks, a, a huge supporter to Sean and I uh, through the podcast and you know, very thankful to meet you in Chicago uh, last month and uh, really appreciate really appreciate all you've done. Just one last story about Don. Last week, I was on another, I was lucky enough to be on another podcast. And last week I, I had a missed call and I'm like, oh, that's number looks familiar. And I called it back and didn't have it saved and it was Don. And and he took the time out of his evening to call and just let me know that he listened to my podcast that I was on and appreciated my story and wanted to, you know, just tell me he's rooting for me and he's proud of me and all of these things. And like Don, like I was saying in the in the in the beginning, you don't know who needs to hear it when, right? Yeah. And so I really appreciate you doing that. And for anybody that's listening that has not connected with him, please do do yourself a favor and do so. Really appreciate it, Don. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Anybody that can reach out or just at least uh, start watching the stuff that you're putting out, where, is, where are you putting out consistently? What's a good way to get in touch with you? And then we'll wrap this up. Well, um, you know, so uh, Michigan Insurance Group is is the agency that I, that, that we have. And, and my phone number and, and email are all there so you can catch those. I'm on Facebook under Donald Champagne. You can find me on Want Better, Be Better on every platform because somehow they were all available when I decided I was going to do this. So I have the website, I have the Facebook, I have the uh, Instagram, I have the Twitter, I have the um, YouTube, and I have uh, the TikTok. All want better, be better. So if there's a platform out there, you want to check out some of the videos that I've been pushing out there and, and hearing some of the information that I've been sharing. Um, some of it might seem redundant because we've covered some of them, but at the end of the day, I'm going to keep trying to push out content until I run out of things to say. Mm, yeah well absolutely thank you very much again for taking time few housekeeping things before we wrap up on our end everybody we talked about it last week but we've got a cool thing coming up on november 29th two wednesdays from now uh we're going to have a zoom call with brett young from urban young to talk about annual planning uh and this came out of the telegram that we created for the podcast community so go to the website scratchagencypodcast.com hit join our community it'll take you to a telegram we got about I'm looking at it right now. We got 28 members in there and we have some fantastic conversations literally each and every day uh, with people who are scratchy agents, people who are established, people who were scratched 20 years ago, whatever it might be. So make sure to join us there. Uh, reach out to Sean and I directly DM us or email us so that we can get you with the Zoom link for that. As always, that's another episode of the Scratch Agency Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Do us a favor, like the show, share the show and subscribe. Most importantly, remember to dig down deep, believe in yourself and own your own future. We'll see you next week. Take care.